Hello and welcome to the Vinyl Countdown, the podcast where I, Jeremy Levine, break down my favorite vinyl releases from cover to cover and everything in between. On this week's episode, I will be diving into a classic horror film, um, one that saw a ton of controversy. There's a lot of uh, onset accidents or, or things that were tied to the cast and all this crazy shit and also has a kick-ass score too. So uh, I'm of course talking about 1976's The Omen, uh, released June 6th, 1976, you know, 666, ooh, right? Uh, there was a remake in 2006 as well, uh, like the 30-year anniversary, and I don't remember much of it. I do remember seeing it in theaters, but that is literally all I remember about it. Um, also, this episode might sound a little funny because it will not be edited like normal because I'm recording literally the day before we're going to be leaving for another hurricane. So that's cool, right? Uh, but before we get into the, the movie and the score and everything else, let's get on down to Variant Corner. So, uh, Discogs, um, <clears throat> again, I, I didn't even have this episode, fin- like, it's not even finished writing yet, so I'm just reading this off my phone. Um, there are 15 vinyl versions they have listed, but a lot of those are from the same year the movie was was released, but also uh, just different countries or whatever. So uh, the one I have is actually the original, an original 1976 pressing, and it sounds really awesome. Uh, there is a scene, a very iconic scene from the movie that is on the back of the jacket that I always uh, appreciated, and um, it is really fun to kind of put on just to. When you know I'm feeling creepy, I guess I don't want to be I want to be creepy, but um, it's one of those scores too. Which I, I talked about this last year with the Prowler was one great score, but a lot of older horror movies and, and you you all know you know if you watch older movies you know what I'm talking about. The scores sometimes just like are really off putting in that it'll go from like a real scary sounding whatever it might be to like a weird upbeat you know, piano, like a jaunty tune or something in the middle of something or right after something being scary. Like, I don't know. It just sometimes the, the, the pacing of the scores for these older movies is just a little weird compared to modern horror films. Um, it doesn't necessarily make it bad. It's just different, you know, and it kind of takes some, if, if you're not used to watching them or you don't, you know, you're not used to these types of movies, sometimes it can be a little off-putting, but, um, so anyway, so all, all these are, are on uh, black vinyl, right? And then uh, 1977 saw a couple more. 1988 saw another release. Um, then in 2014, Mondo stepped up with three different versions. One, just plain black. Um, the second was uh, what they called the Mark of the Beast um, variant, which was all red with uh, black three black spots. Uh, placed in like like a triangle pattern around the uh, the center label. <clears throat> that one looks cool as fuck, and it's uh, limited. It seems, oh boy, two hundred, or actually yes, limited to two hundred. Sorry, and it's going on Discogs for anywhere from one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifty bucks. Um, 
Then there is the there's another one that was the translucent red with a black stripe down the middle. Uh, that one was limited to 700, and it's actually only going for 30. So I legitimately thought about getting that one because that's that's a really good price. I, I feel like for that record, you know. Um, then another company, uh, Veris Sarabandi. I don't. I probably fucked that up. Uh, in 2018, they released a version on white vinyl, limited to 666 copies. Because you know, you got to do it. Um, what I find super crazy, and I'll get into it, is this uh, score was was I think Ava Ava Santani, like the 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 lead track, like that plays that from the intro that the you know the music that I use for this. That song was nominated for an Oscar. And I'll get into the translation of it, but it's basically saying like Hell Satan and some other crazy shit. And in 1976, it just kind of surprises me that a movie or a song with the <laughs> with those lyrics. I know it's from a movie, but that, that would have been the one they're like, yep, give it to that. It's pretty fucking awesome. But uh, so like I said, so The Omen is a 1976 American British horror film, which is another thing that always really kind of throws me off it's directed by richard donner who of course did the original superman movies um he is also credited with some other movies that i just i don't know why i just don't doesn't seem like he would be the one doing these films uh but maybe that's just me being stupid uh looks like you know lethal weapon four and uh i guess hell all the lethal weapons I didn't realize that uh the goonies which overrated as fuck um yeah again like i said the superman movies and all that so it's like you know just i don't know why i just wouldn't have expected this guy to be the one to direct this movie but uh gregory gregory peck stars as the dad uh lee remick is his wife and there's all these other names that i have listed that i do not know who they are so the plot follows damian thorne a young child replaced at birth by an american ambassador unbeknownst to his wife after their biological child dies shortly after birth uh, as a series of mysterious events and violent deaths occur around the family and damien enters um and as he enters childhood and all that they come to learn he is in fact the antichrist um now i did find this kind of surprising i guess it, it got uh mixed reviews when it came out it was a commercial success but i guess Critically, it was kind of like some people liked it, some hated it, like it was a mixed bag, you know. Uh, it did gross over $60 million, though, and became one of the highest grossing films of 1976. Uh, and like I said earlier, it earned two Oscar nominations and one for Best Original Score for uh, Jerry Goldsmith, which was his only Oscar win. Um, so I think what it is, it got nominated for uh, Best Score and I think for Best Original Song if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it lost on that one. Uh, now I'm actually curious as to what it lost to. I don't have it off the top of my head. So, but, um, checking here on IMDb, it looks like the, uh, <clears throat> man, see, this is the problem with not having a way to edit any of this stuff. Uh, yeah. So best original song, right. That, um, that is what, got nominated but i am curious now as to what song what song beat it out you know so it would have been the 1970s oh wow 
Evergreen by Barbara Streisand is what beat it out. I don't even know what that's from, but hey, good for her. So <clears throat> uh, there's a scene from the movie that appeared on at number 16 on Bravo's The 100 Scariest Movie Moments, uh, which I'll get into that part because it's fucking awesome. Um, it also spawned a franchise starting with uh, Damien Omen 2, released two years later, followed by a third installment, Omen 3, The Final Conflict in 1981, and then in 1991, Omen 4, The Awakening, and then the aforementioned remake in 2006. Uh, Katina, my sister, shout out, uh, has said that the the sequels are actually pretty good. Um, I've never seen them, but and really up until a few years ago, I hadn't seen this movie, I don't think, in, in you know... Um, in in its entirety, but so you know the as always with these episodes, spoilers, right? There's gonna be spoilers. Um, this movie's so fucking old. Though. I mean, everybody knows the goddamn plot of the movie, but um, so like I mentioned earlier, uh, American diplomat Robert Thorne is in a hospital, and his wife Catherine's giving birth. Uh, baby dies. And the ho- the hospital chaplain, uh, Father Spilletto, is like, "Hey, man, how about you adopt this other baby?" <laughs> because this baby didn't have a mother either, or didn't have a mother. It's like I guess the mom died in childbirth, and like a dick, he agrees and doesn't tell his wife. So they're just like, "Hey, here's our baby." You know, it's kind of fucked up. So five years later, you know, uh, Robert is appointed United States ambassador to the United Kingdom. And soon thereafter, mysterious events plague the Thorns. A uh, large Rottweiler appears near the Thorn home. Uh, Damien's nanny, <laughs> so that part, uh, hangs herself during his fifth birthday party. A mysterious new nanny then arrives unannounced, and uh, Damien violently re- resists like entering a church, and you know, he, his presence terrifies animals and all that kind of shit. Um <clears throat> The, the mom, Catherine, like, she's scared of him and she kind of, like, is getting away from him. Like, she distances herself from him. Uh, Father Brennan, who is a Catholic priest, uh, warns Robert about Damien's mysterious origins, hinting that he's not human. Uh, he later tells Robert that Catherine is pregnant and Damien will prevent the child's birth. So afterwards, Brennan is fatally impaled by lightning and uh, by lightning rod thrown from a church during a sudden storm. Uh... Catherine subsequently tells Robert she's pregnant and wants an abortion. Learning of Father Brennan's death, there's a photographer throughout the movie. He like he investigates Damien and uh, he notices uh, shadows and photographies of the nanny and of Father Brennan that seem to uh, kind of it's like a premonition to their bizarre deaths. Right? Uh, he is he sees a photo of himself with a rope, the shadow of a rope around his neck, and eventually he gets his head cut off and shit. So you know, there's that. <clears throat> um, they go to, uh, at some point they go back to Rome and like they they try to figure out they try to get the the birth records for Damien and it turns out he was born of a jackal. Uh, every time I, I see that because uh, you know it's the idea is like his mother wasn't human and uh, so he's the Antichrist. I don't know how that ties into being the Antichrist, being um, born of a jackal. But there's a song by uh, Ludo called uh, Love Me Dead where he, he says that one part. That always makes me think about that. It's like, you're born of a jackal. You know, just as, I guess, an insult to someone. Um, but so all that, you know, all that happens, right? Uh, there's a lot of, uh, like I said before, the, you know, they're, they're in um, Rome trying to find out more information about him. The photographer gets killed. Uh, Robert returns to London. And uh, he finds a a 
birthmark. I think that's like the mark of the beast or something on Damien. So it's like, oh shit, he is the Antichrist. No. Um, so then, armed with a dagger, he tr- he forces Damien into a car and drives to a nearby church. Uh, his erratic driving, like it draws the attention of the uh, police or whatever, and they follow him there. And he like raises the dagger and he's like, "I'm gonna." F- fucking kill this kid and then they shoot him to death before he can so uh, a short time later the double funeral of Catherine and Robert is attended by the president of the United States uh, Damon observing the funeral procession calmly smiles I guess I'm gonna uh, yeah okay that's right the the, the nanny after I, I, I read over that or I glossed over it she throws the mom out of the fucking window and kills her so it's it's all kinds of fucked up. Like the movie's, it's really fucking good though. Like it's, uh, to me, it still holds up really well. Being so old, I guess it's you know forty four years old. But uh, so like I said earlier, um, <laughs> the song Ava Satani or whatever it was an original song. It, it got nominated for best um, um, best song or whatever, and. It, it features, like, it has, like, you know, you, you heard it in the intro. It's, like, this choral uh, chorus, you know, uh, section or whatever, and real uh, foreboding Latin chant. And it's so the the chant is uh, sanguis uh, bibimus corpus edimus tole corpus santani, which is Latin for we drink the blood, we eat the flesh, raise the body of Satan, uh, interspersed with cries of Eva Satani and Eva versus Christus. Latin for Hell Satan and Hell Antichrist. Uh, aside from the choral work, the score includes lyrical themes portraying the pleasant home life of the Thorn family, which are contrasted with the more disturbing scenes of the family's confrontation with evil. Uh, according to Goldsmith's wife, Carol, the composer initially struggled with ideas for the score until one evening when he suddenly happily announced to her, I hear voices, uh, referring to an orchestral chorus or choir. Um, like I said earlier, man, it's fucking crazy that that song was even nominated, you know, for best song. But it is an awesome song, so you know, kind of, cool, kind of, you know, it's it's good. It, it was well deserved. Uh, the Omen was ranked number eighty one on American Film Institute's one hundred years, one hundred thrills, and the score by Jerry Goldsmith was nominated for AFI's one hundred years of film scores. Uh, again, there was a moment, the moment when the nanny hangs herself. So they're at a party. And they're just like, man, we're having a party. This kid, yay, birthday. And the nanny hands Damien off to the mom. And at that point, there's a dog, this Rottweiler I mentioned earlier, that's kind of staring at the, at the, the, um, the nanny. And you see her face kind of go blank. And she just like is really staring off, like spaced out kind of. And that uh, cuts back to the party. You know, mom and dad are having fun. Damien's just being a normal kid, just chilling and shit, playing on a merry-go-round uh, or a carousel, I guess. And um, then the nurse, the nurse, the, the nanny pops out and it's on the balcony. All of a sudden you hear like in the distance, you hear calling or whatever. And she's like, Damien, Damien, you know, look up here, Damien and all this kind of shit. And then, you know, it, it cuts to her and she's like, uh, she says, it's, it's all for you, you know? And, um, oh boy, like it's, uh. She's like, she's like, Damien, look at me. I'm over here, Damien. She says, Damien, I love you. You know, and she says, Damien, 
says, look at me, Damien. It's it's all for you. With this like real creepy, just like content smile with a rope around her neck. And then she jumps off the roof. And when the rope snaps, when she hits and like it catches, I guess, and breaks her neck or whatever, it swings her through a window. And like, it's really fucking dramatic. And if you're not expecting it, have you somehow gone 44 years and never known about that scene and it comes up when it does it's fucking jarring like it's it's crazy so um just for reference i watched the 2006 remake um that scene with leave schreiber and oh julia julia styles plays the uh, mom in that one and it's just it it just i don't know man it's not good (laughs) like it just it just doesn't um, it's not good. I don't know, like the, the way they filmed it, the way the nanny hangs, like she doesn't, uh, she doesn't hit a window and like it, they really draw it. I don't know. It's just the way it's edited. It's just, they, they draw it out for a dramatic effect, I guess. But I think the, the harsh, like just the harsh nature of the way the original is edited is much more effective at being like, again, it's being jarring and like really catching you off guard and then just like, fuck, you know, it, so, I think there's a lot of that with the remake. I remember it being more like jump, or trying to be more like jump scary, and not so much like dread-inducing scares. You know what I mean? Like it's they really fucked it up. But um, so speaking of all that, you know, I recommend the movie, the score. It's all of it's fucking great, and I'm like freaking out. Recording this because I'm in the house alone. I keep hearing things, but I forget we have three animals here. So, um, I guess I couldn't talk about the movie and not talk about the cursed set in detail, which I mentioned at the, the top of the show. So, there's a scene where Gregory Peck is running through a cemetery and he's being chased by dogs, right? And uh, they used a stuntman. Um, you know, they covered him in a lot of protective clothing and everything, but. As they were filming the scene, the Rottweilers not only bit through the stuntman's protective gear, but they also wouldn't stop biting when they were told by their trainer. Uh, says on the hairier side of things, Lee Remick, as Damien's mother, is <clears throat> completely terrified by a group of baboons, which I, I didn't mention that part either. Uh, they are in a zoo, and these baboons start freaking the fuck out when they see uh, Damien. And according according to Richard Donner, her fear her like the the actors. Fearful screaming was 100% real. Uh, the crew had placed a baboon inside the car to make the attacking primates more angry and then filmed their response. So that's fucking uh, weird. Um, so the baboon's trainer, uh, there is a story about, the, I guess, he, he, um, he was killed the day after they shot at that location, he was killed by a tiger. It grabbed him by the head and killed him instantly, according to the uh, producer Harvey Bernhard. So it's like fuck. Okay, uh, there's a new Shutter. Se- I say new. It's not new anymore, but there is a Shutter series called uh, Cursed Films that discusses the Omen at length in the third episode with uh, like crew members, podcasters, and the director himself. And uh, that's pretty good. I want you to check that out if you get a chance. But um, you know, when when the film first went under production in London, England. The cast and crew experienced a whole bunch of crazy shit, too. Uh, Gregory Peck was flying to the film location, and his plane was struck by lightning, as was David Seltzer's plane two days later. Um, 
the strangest event, which it was uh, so so Gregory Peck canceled a flight, and then uh, they said they you know canceled for unknown reasons, and the, then the plane crashed. Now this is where it kind of gets fuzzy. I don't know what, what's true, what's not. Take it with a grain of salt. But if it is true, holy shit! So there were no survivors from the plane, right? And when it went down, there is a I found on a couple of websites. Uh, uh, more often than not, it doesn't mention this part, so I don't think that it's actually true. Because if it was, I feel like that'd be a like you lead with this story because of how crazy it is. The plane went down. And killed everybody on board, but then also landed on a vehicle on the road that just so happened to have the pilot of that plane's entire family inside. Now, that's a crazy coincidence. And, I mean, if it's, again, if true, like, holy shit, but it was like, I don't know, like, like not the most reputable websites that I found that information on. So, I don't think that that's true. But um, either way, it's fucked up. But, uh so as they continued to film, you know, filming locations became subject uh, to IRA bombings. So that's something. Uh, they said equipment would go uh, awry on set. Um, the uh, let's see, there was uh, there was a guy, you know, a professor of religious studies at Iowa State, said that if the devil wanted to, he'd just take down the entire production because he could, because he's totally real. But I mean, come on. But uh, he, he further theorizes that the devil was actually keeping the crew safe while violence happened around them. Ooh, plot twist. Uh, so after helping create uh, special effects for the Omen, designer John Richardson began uh, work on a movie called The Bridge Too Far. He was on location in Holland when, uh, with wife and special effects sculptress Liz Moore, and as they were driving along an empty road one night, they hit another car head-on. Richardson was knocked unconscious, but Moore was decapitated when one of the front tires tore through, um, uh, what you call it, tore through the the floor and hit her. Uh, as Richardson came to after the crash, he noted the tragedy was a creepy coincidence to a horribly gruesome decapitation scene that he had designed for the Omen. He also claims that he saw a road sign off one side of the accident, or one side of the road of the accident that pointed to the town of Amen. Uh, O-M-M-E-N that was 600 and or 66.6 kilometers away now is that true who fucking knows but you know it makes for a fun kind of like I don't know I feel like if I was if I was younger and like I found these things out it'd be kind of a fun way to like creep your friends out at like a you know when you're hanging out or something I'd say a sleepover but I never had sleepovers Um, (laughs) but it seems like it'd be fun information to have you know just kind of uh cling on to and then pass along to friends and everything else. Cause you know, a lot of this stuff really did happen. Some of the other stuff, like I said, it's, 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 it's take it with a grain of salt, but either way, pretty cool. You know? Um, now this is not cool, but this is something I found out via IMDB that one of the reasons why Gregory Peck, uh, accepted the role of the tortured father conflicted with guilt and all that was because he hadn't been around when his son Jonathan committed suicide in 1975. So that's something that that's just like shit. I couldn't imagine still working after something like that, you know, and then uh, it just it really I think it really kind of uh, plays into his performance. You know, uh, there is something about him and his interactions with, with Damien before Damien loses his fucking mind and everything. That it's just, um, there's a, a lot, a very, um, 
earnest quality to his 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 uh their chemistry, I guess, you know. Um so there's another thing too with the movie that um I'm trying to think here. I, I was reading some stuff, like I had all this shit kind of swirling around and I was gonna um you know, write it all down, but then I did not. Uh, mm. Oh, that that's what it was. So the <laughs> the um there's a scene towards the beginning where they're in the woods and I guess they're just not necessarily hiking, they're just walking through the woods, and Damien gets lost and the reaction to him getting lost, this is one of the things that's just like a weird sequence that just yeah, I was like dying laughing watching it or whatever. Like they're walking and he gets lost and they're like, you know, like Damien, Damien, you know, freaking out trying to find him. And they find them and they're just like, and like the music changes, like this fluttering, like orchestral music and everything. And it's like, oh, Damien, you, it's like, oh, you little scamp. Like <laughs> you got lost in the woods and almost, you know, could have fallen into this rushing river that was like 10 feet away from him. <laughs> I don't know. Their reaction is just like it's such a weird, not necessarily like it's a it's relief, but it's like a weird relief <laughs> relief reaction, I guess. Like I don't know. Um, but I mean, again, overall, you know, pick up the score if you can. Uh, watch the movie. I, I got it on Stars for free, so uh, I watched it there to refresh for the episode. And um, I mean, really, that's it. I mean, uh. Like I said, highly recommend it. It is a classic. Um, it's got some scenes in it that are iconic, that are just extremely well filmed. It's a, it's a well acted movie, and uh, some genuinely creepy parts too. You know, and it's just um, as I've said it a million times, but it it still holds up extremely well, and highly recommend it for Spooky Month. So, uh, with that, I will get out of here. But oh, hi, Frank. Not before I let you know, next week, uh, seeing, you know, barring anything completely crazy, I will be doing uh, an episode next week. Hopefully, I don't have to postpone it or anything, but um, it's going to be on Get Out, the uh, 2017 movie by Jordan Peele, and that's one that I've been really, 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 really excited to talk about, and... Um, especially in this current climate of uh, police brutality and black people and racism and things that I know all too well and things that I can relate to and understand. Um, the movie is, there's so much subtext to it and so many layers of shit. Like I'm, I'm excited to get into it and like, you know, peel the onion, so to speak. Right. So uh, yeah, for the vinyl countdown, October spooktacular. Ooh. Uh, I'm Jeremy Levine, and I hope to be in your ears next week, everybody. Thank you. Take care.